Hello and welcome to the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. This podcast is designed to empower you with the knowledge to live a healthy and happy life. My ethos is sustainability and my aim is to leave you better than I found you. I am a complete foodie, lover of all animals, recovering perfectionist, with a passion to help many achieve a life of health and well-being. I hope you take a lot from this podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. You're joined by me, your host Rebecca, and of course my wonderful sidekick Edith. Now today you guys are in for a real treat. This was an episode that I recorded with Chelsea from Strong Girl Squad and we talk all things menstrual cycle, how to navigate cravings with PMS, um, training considerations around your menstrual cycle. So I hope you take a lot from this. all good yeah let's go brilliant so today um i'm going to be chatting with rebecca from nutrition with rebecca um just on the menstrual cycle and exercise and nutrition and kind of what i experience and what beck experiences and i guess just to help women navigate it a bit more when it does come to that time of the month because i get so many questions about how to you know manage training around the cycle how to manage their nutrition around the cycle of cravings you know low energy and mood so I think this would be quite a good topic to have a chat about absolutely and it's one of those isn't it we were just chatting before we came on in that like your period as as females has been demonized by so many in society especially patriarchy forgive me for this um definitely a bit of a feminist here in the the minute we felt less than and perhaps we were I don't know suffering with different emotions some depression and anxiety that may well be linked to your menstrual cycle it was that whole are you on your period are you on your blob so then women just had this complete disconnect with their menstrual cycle and then a, cu- a huge disconnect with their their body as well when we're looking at the time that perhaps we're on a period and PMS. So I think the more we can actually understand what's happening with our bodies and it's not just about getting pregnant, how it is a key element of female health, the more we can then show compassion to ourselves the more we can understand how we can navigate around it with more awareness with more kindness so that we don't fall at the expense of derogatory tones towards ourselves negative thought processes and then ultimately actions and behaviors that don't align to our goals and don't align to our values and a lot of people uh, that I speak to and a lot of clients that start at the beginning with me fall at the expense of dichotomous thinking around their menstrual cycle because they haven't got the awareness of what's actually happening internally so they've got cravings they've got some bloating and that for some people may last two weeks and if they're not aware of where that's coming from perhaps they're not tracking their menstrual cycle perhaps they don't understand the sleep deprivation or sleep disturbances that many people do suffer with then what are they doing? Criticising themselves, going in on themselves, not going to the gym, falling to reaction to cravings instead of responding with more awareness, more compassion. And actually, yeah, sometimes having a little bit of chocolate 
but being fully aware of that so then we're not sitting with the guilt the shame and then it's not spiraling so yeah let's go through the menstrual cycle so to understand the menstrual cycle to start with it's probably good to talk about like the key endocrine players Mm -hmm. and the major endocrine glands that are involved in producing a hormone that relates to our menstrual cycle so the biggest thing is the hypothalamus within the brain so that's the first element of our menstrual cycle within our brain so for me personally through my journey i suffered with hypothalamic amenorrhea where i lost my menstrual cycle and that was from that first signaling of the brain because you're suffering with either low amounts of energy availability high amounts of psychological stress so that's basically your brain evaluating the situation and saying you're not in a healthy place right now so i'm going to switch off a normal part of your a normal process of female evolution your menstrual cycle so the first um, endocrine gland that we've got that's in major player is your hypothalamus then that signals through to the pituitary the pituitary glands which then signal through to your ovaries which are located in your lower abdominal area and they produce estrogen and progesterone and then we've got the uterus so each gland releases hormones that have effect on the next gland in the chain so it works alongside one another but then it's like a negative feedback loop in that they all then come back to the hypothalamus but it forms part of your cycle as we go through each of these um each of these glands so the hypothalamus produces GnRH which is recognized by the pituitary gland so that signals through to the next the pituitary gland recognizes and produces luteinizing hormone um, LH and the follicular stimulating hormone FSH which then signals through to the ovaries and the ovaries are then producing that estrogen and progesterone which is then recognized by that uh, by the hypothalamus again creating that feedback loop so every stage of it we've got this signaling and this releasing of hormones which is then ascending onto the next one like the next gland should we say which is then signaling all the way back to the hypothalamus so when we've got that estrogen progesterone and it's coming through to the uterus that's when we're bleeding and then we're coming back again to the beginning of our cycle so with those depending on the literature you see and some of the some of the different research a menstrual cycle can be divided into two or four phases can i just say something really quickly this is why we need to talk about the menstrual cycle more because all like you like when i was younger sorry to interrupt i just want to quickly say like i had to teach myself about the menstrual cycle okay i remember getting it when i was like 12 i didn't know what to do then i went off to boarding school so like i didn't really have anyone to teach me about it and i didn't understand what was going on and as a 12 year old you're like what the frick is happening to my body but after you just explained like how much goes on inside the body in order for like our menstrual cycle to come about each month it's like i think it's freaking incredible i mean it's not yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy isn't it yeah. and like you know having those comments maybe not necessarily by men but you know saying you know are you on the blob or you know kind of taking the mickey year because you might be a bit moody or whatever like it's so much more than just a period or and it's just so that's the thing like it's incredible it's and and honestly like i said to you like beforehand I had a client who messaged me and said 
oh, I get my, I've got really bad PMS and my period is really hurting me. I was like, you are bleeding from your vagina and you yeah. are surviving that. That's incredible because it's your body telling you you are healthy. Mm. And I'll go, we'll go into it a little bit more in terms of like training. But yeah, if you haven't got a healthy menstrual cycle, I would first go and see a, a GP. And I, but then we will go into like all the other elements. So you've probably heard of like the stages of your menstrual cycle. Again, that could be divided into two or four phases, depending on the literature and the research that you see. So you've got like um, your follicular phase and your luteal phase, if we're dividing it into two. If we're dividing it into four, we've got menstruation. So that's when you are bleeding. Um, that forms part of your follicular phase as well. So that's the early part of your cycle. Then you've got ovulation, which tends to be like the middle of your cycle. And then you've got your luteal phase, which is the latter part of your cycle. And a healthy menstrual cycle is anything between um, 28, 35 days from the first day of your last bleed. So this, the phases, the follicular phase, so that starts at the onset of menstruation. So that starts from day one of your bleed and ends the day before the LH release ovulation. So remember about the, the releasing of the hormones through to the next phase. So it's named from the growth in the follicles. So like the small cells within the ovaries, they're considered like pre-eggs. Um, but this is a really low hormone phase. So when you've come onto your period and leading up to like the middle of your cycle, we know ovulation is around 14 days, both estrogen and progesterone are pretty low. And this is where, interestingly, we are most like men physiologically. And therefore, some women may perform quite well in strength training. And what you may tend to see is like an increase in performance in that they don't need as much rest between sets and they can recover that little bit quicker. Um, bloating and cravings from menstruation tend to have gone by about day two of the follicular phase. So that's still during menstruation. However, what we can see is a lot of limiting beliefs around your cycle in that many people assume that they're going to be really bloated throughout the whole of their period. So then they that exacerbates like body image checking as an example. It exacerbates thoughts associated with your body image. So you then maybe perceive that you are bloated. But actually what we tend to see is from day two onwards, your bloating has reduced. Um, Average blood loss is around about 30 to 40 mils. Heavy periods, however, can be like up to 80. Um, so we, I do always say, make sure you're getting enough iron and vitamin C rich foods to help with that blood loss. Mm -hmm. Then what you've got throughout the follicular phase, estrogen is um, towards ovulation, estrogen is higher and it starts to rise and peak. So estrogen has a positive effect on mood, energy, libido, recovery, hence why we can obviously perform that little bit better in that follicular phase. Um, and the higher estrogen also helps recovery from the training stimuli, because if you haven't got a healthy menstrual cycle, you haven't, your body isn't producing estrogen and estrogen is a hormone, as you know, associated with so many of our bodily functions, bladder function, brain function, uh, functionizing liver um, muscle mass so if you haven't got a functioning uh, a functioning menstrual cycle you haven't got adequate amount of estrogen you can't build muscle mass which 
was the biggest thing that I learned when I had no cycle. Because I just thought, oh, it's all right. I haven't got a menstrual cycle, but you literally can't build muscle mass. Did and you feel that-, that when you were in during that, when you didn't? Oh. Like, did you feel when you didn't have your menstrual cycle that, that there was something wrong? Like, did you know that? I knew there was something wrong, but I thought it was okay because I was trying to be a smaller person because of self-objectification and body image. And I knew it wasn't right. Mm. But at the time, I thought it was okay. I was like, well, I'm not having a period. It's fine. Looking back now, it was really damaging because you suffer with like loss of bone mineral density and at risk of sarcopenia and osteoporosis as we age, which is why you'll see a lot of women um, perimenopause, menopausal, they see a reduction in their estrogen, right? Which is where the like side effects come with the mood. So what we tend, what I say to my clients is like PMS and steroids is menopause because they haven't got that estrogen anymore so how can we maximize the retention of muscle mass to help with metabolic um metabolic health to help with things like bone mineral density to help with bladder we can train because that will help with the retention of muscle mass and help with that loss of the estrogen so it's really important and yeah if we haven't got an estrogen we haven't got um that follicular phase and what you do tend to see maybe with somebody recovering from HA is a shorter uh, follicular phase um it's the inability to build muscle mass and obviously recover from it as well. But obviously I didn't know that at the time I was just exhausted looking back now, it was one of my biggest regrets, but I'm here celebrating my menstrual cycle every month. Absolutely. And I think you being a coach as well, like going through that, you can help so many women see why they need to have their menstrual cycle and why not having one, is not a good thing like not having a menstrual cycle means there's something wrong like it's a natural part of being a woman um, that I do feel needs to be more celebrated and not like because I even used to be a bit like oh don't want to say the word period or whatever now I don't give a shit I'll say it I don't care who I say it to because it's like if we keep hushing about it it feels like it's wrong or it's like a swear word and it's like it's absolutely not and that's why people or women go through you know feeling these symptoms or you know, feeling the way they do throughout their menstrual cycle because they feel like they can't talk about it and they just have to shut up and get on with it. That's freaking not, it's just not, it's not right because I know some women experience the symptoms a lot worse than others, you know, and if it's having a, a negative impact on your life, like you, there are ways to manage it, but it's just about talking about it more and also, you know, seeking the right help. Um, so hopefully this podcast, I mean, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot from you. So I'm loving it so far. Um, Yeah, it is that, isn't it? Like knowing all, everything that happens. Um, And I mean, like I never expect my clients to know the way I know it or, mm. and you wouldn't either, but to just actually hear somebody be like, yeah, it's triggered from your brain. And then that signals through all of these hormones, which bring about your menstrual cycle, just to hear that psychological health is very important, which is why things like managing emotions and stress management is actually key. Because I think there's this uh, this um, expectation that if we're suffering with HA, we're just in a really lean body, but it's not always the case at all. And you can be in a larger phenotype and suffer with HA if you're struggling with a lot of psychological stress. So being able to manage your emotions and manage your stress is a really important part of that hormonal health as well did you um did you see a doctor about it uh, or did oh. you see and did you just not listen to the doctor or the doctor wanted to put me on the menstrual cycle I wanted to put me on the pill right so I went and had loads of tests 
this is the bit that I really struggled with. I went and had loads of tests, tests for polycystic ovary syndrome. They tested my LH and my FSH. They tested um, my thyroid. I had ovarian scans, like there was ovarian cancer spoken about because of course of regular menstrual cycles. Um, endometriosis. So I was tested for everything. At no one point did any doctor turn around to me and say, because I was unhealthy BMI, remember? Uh, and no one point did a doctor turn around to me and ask me what my expenditure was like, what my nutritional habits were like. And they just said, we can't find anything. We'll put you on the pill, which will give you a withdrawal bleed. Jesus. But they're not, but then, so back then I was a very young girl and I was very naive and I, and I blamed the doctors. It was my own fault. And the doctors were doing what they could do with that, with the knowledge they had. They're not nutritionists. Yeah. They're not in that field. They are literally looking at it methodically from, and and I mean, at the time, taking the menstrual, uh, taking the pill, sorry, probably would have helped me because it would have given me the artificial hormones to support things like bone mineral loss, to support things like recovery from training. But I was just like, now what's the point? So I just yeah. went through that for a few years, but um so yeah we're here now we are here now you've got Probably. a basket full of knowledge which I love so so then so we'll just get back to the the cycle so you've got your follicular phase um so the higher estrogen that peaks towards your ovulation so a lot of people have like a high sex drive towards middle of their month uh, towards ovulation which is quite normal um Estrogen then triggers the pituitary gland to release that LH leading to your ovulation. Ovulation tends to last like one to two days. Um, an egg, however, can survive up to like two days um, before it can no longer be fertilized. So this is like your fertility window. Um, and around your ovulation, some women may start noticing like a bit of spotting, um, some cramps, the mood change appetite changes, lower abdominal pain, back pain. And that can be the beginning of PMS for a lot of women. So a lot of women can have PMS for, from the middle of their cycle mm. to the first day of their bleed. And the PMS may start one to two weeks after the first day of bleeding, which may include all of those mood swings. And the literature holds 150 symptoms for PMS. That's so many. That is like ridiculous. I couldn't even think of that off the top of my head. No, and you may even notice things like discharge around mm. your ovulation. Uh, so which is why it's really important to understand your own cycle and track it so that you can then draw correlation to perhaps how you're feeling. So after ovulation, you've got your luteal phase. So this is like PMS. So after, um, this is where you have greater amounts of progesterone. Mm. Some, but not much estrogen. Um, so the rise in hormones... It's like, it sounds awful, but it's like shredding your your internal lining. Um, and it either prepares the, the uterus lining to fertilize an egg, but if you don't get pregnant, then it will produce HCG. And that's a hormone that pregnancies, that like pregnancy tests detect. Right. Um, and it helps maintain then the copus luteum, which keeps the uterus lining thick. But if you don't get pregnant, the copious luteum will shrink and then be reabsorbed. So that leads to a decrease in your hormones and then the onset of your period. But when that's shrinking and reabsorbing, that's like the shredding. So mm. some people may notice um, irregular bowel movements. 
yeah. so um constipation or um, like really loose bowel movements that's quite normal as well um but that's where we experience a lot of the pms symptoms and this tends to come from the changes in the hormones because progesterone which is associated in our luteal phase is the hormone that firstly it's an appetite um stimulant so estrogen is an appetite suppressant mm-hmm. progesterone appetite stimulant um it's also associated with depression anxiety feelings bloating low mood and also a raise a raise in your basal metabolic temperature so a lot of people feel a little bit warmer in their luteal phase which then disrupts sleep so a lot of people can suffer with like insomnia around their luteal phase as well around their pms which then exacerbates poor energy low mood um and then does lead to greater cravings as well. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword for a lot of people in that if they do suffer with that, with um, like poor sleep quality, and I know I do, I suffer hugely with insomnia and wild dreams, um, then that can lead to low energy, which then can lead to low recovery with your training, which can then lead to um, greater low mood as well. But one thing... There is no one element of literature that says every female's cycle is the same. We're all completely different. Some people get it at the same time every month. Some people are a little bit more regular. Some bleed for three days, some bleed for seven days. And actually your menstrual cycle can change as well during certain times of your life. Um, Perimenopause, if you'll get irregular. Um, As we age, they might become a bit heavier. As we change our dietary intake, they may, the bloating may be less there are so many factors if we've got like a lot of emotional stress going on as well that can delay our period a little bit but remember it's triggered from the hypothalamus within the brain so there are there are a lot of things that can occur in life that can then disrupt your menstrual cycle so yeah. tracking it is really really important do you um think it's because i went to boarding school and I live in a share house now. And a lot of the time, women's cycles can sync up. Yeah, they do. I thought that, yeah. It's just, it's strange. I I mean, I have no clue why that occurs. I don't know if you've got, you know, but it's like, yeah, I went to boarding school and obviously being in a dorm with 30 other, like, girls, like, a lot of time, which may not have been bloody good for the person looking after us when we're all, you know, having PMS symptoms, not knowing what we're doing. Um, Yeah. It's just um yeah, it's just odd that sometimes you can sync up with like the the women that you're around like quite often. And it's yeah, it is that, isn't it? Like you're all craving food at the same time, and the just on that as well, the cravings tend to be like high carb and high fat foods. So then you're all like, I really want a pizza, and you all live together, and you're like, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to navigate that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but there are there are things we can do to try and manage PMS symptoms, and they're usually not the ones that people want to hear. But making like aiming to get a source of protein in with every meal, so it's not wildly different from that of like your normal day to day. But it's also really good for those perimenopause and postmenopause as well because it becomes even more important. And getting enough um, fats in as well in your luteal phase, so. In your luteal phase, they tend we tend to see an increase in fat used for fuel. So making sure we're getting enough healthy fat within our diet. So things like oily fish, great, because they've also got the EPA and DHA in, two short-chain fatty acids, olive oil, um, 
avocados, nuts and seeds, these sort of things, dark chocolate. Yum. <laughs> I know. Um, and then looking for like more complex carbohydrates as well. So they can support energy and cravings because they play into like the thermic effect of feeding. So they slow down digestion and slow down uh, gastric empty and therefore keeping us fuller for longer. So it's like when you're craving normally, um, and you're learning to surf the urge and understand where that comes from, choosing more of a complex carbohydrate. So like whole grains, starchy veggies, and then more plant-based carbohydrates so like beans, lentils, chickpeas, those yeah. sort of things, because they will help manage the symptoms better instead of just falling at the expense of Haribo every single time you have your menstrual cycle. And then like the dichotomous thinking is risen because you're feeling guilty with eating those foods because you're feeling that loss of control. Um, and one thing that I used to do all the time and I recommend everybody doesn't do now is <laughs> limit caffeine because obviously that impacts your sleep and your mood even more. So it's like, actually, double-edged sword. If you're not sleeping very well and then you're relying on caffeine, you're not going to sleep any very, well, very well anyway. Um, yeah, I think that I do that. I know, I know I shouldn't, but like if I'm tired and I've got shit to get done, I'm like, you know what, let's have a coffee. But also I freaking love coffee. So I'm like, I guess it's got that placebo effect as well. I enjoy the taste of it, but then I think it's going to perk me up. Um, but one thing I wanted to say is like, even as a teenager, like, and, you know, every all the information out there around um, the menstrual cycle, like, my first thought back then were not to be nutrition can help manage the symptoms or how I'm feeling. Like, you just wouldn't, and I, I think there'd be a lot of women out there who wouldn't even, like, when it comes to the symptoms or how they're feeling around their menstrual cycle, they, they wouldn't probably automatically think, all right, my nutrition is going to be key to helping me manage these symptoms. And it just goes to show, like, how important, important it is like nutrition isn't about just losing weight do you know no, what I mean it's about fueling your body nourishing your body making sure that your body is healthy enough to be able to have a menstrual cycle because you know when you have a menstrual cycle things are going right hopefully absolutely, um, absolutely. So it's so important to like and also I think when women start to learn more about like what's going on in their bodies like the menstrual cycle um and learn that nutrition plays such a big role in their actual just overall health and well-being. I think sometimes that can probably create a light bulb moment where it's not just a focus on weight loss. It's like, you know, I know that these foods are necessary because it's going to mean I can have a potentially can have a more regular menstrual cycle or, you know, it's going to help me manage, you know, energy or hunger. So like food cravings. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's, well. yeah. And when, as well, when you're looking at like more starchy carbohydrates, more complex carbohydrates, knowing, knowing that they're predominantly digested in the gut and the gut's got what's known as the, the gut brain axes links back to the brain and like 80 to 90% of a human serotonin level is in the gut. So you're actively increasing your, your serotonin, your happy hormone by fueling your body well. Mm. And it's fueling your body, not just for fat loss. And the way I've started reframing it is not eating for fat loss, but eating to feel your best. Yeah, that's amazing. Because that's what ultimately everybody wants. They think they want fat loss, but what they want is just to, they think that by achieving that fat loss, that's when they'll feel their best, which yeah. is not normally the case. Like you, It's not the fat loss that's going to make you feel your absolute best self. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's really good. 
And the one other thing to just bear in mind as well with foods associated with like PMS is try and limit sodium a little bit. Sodium can cause excessive bloating if we're not eating enough potassium and potassium is like in your veggies and things like that. Um, So if you do suffer with bloating, then try and just limit like salty foods around that time because that can just obviously um, increase it a little bit more. Hmm. Bloody hell. Yeah, like I said, basket of knowledge you are. Yeah, that's, um, what comes, that's what comes from when you're like been in it for so long. But I think, you know, when you get so passionate about something because you've walked the walk, it's like, I really want to know about this because actually this is very important. Absolutely. And it's just creating, a, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you're a female who has a, either has or hasn't got a regular menstrual cycle, like you should be taking initiative to become more aware of why you're feeling the way you are. Because again, you don't have to just deal with these symptoms or deal with how you're feeling. Like once you're aware of how you're feeling, then you can figure out strategies or things that you can implement to help manage them so that they don't negatively impact your life. And it it does take you taking a bit of time to get to know yourself and to, you know, maybe doing one of those tracking apps. And, you know, I don't, at the moment I haven't been tracking my period but obviously after speaking to you I'm definitely going to and again it's like you think oh taking a couple of minutes you know out of your day to either write down the symptoms or however the app works feels like a freaking you know end of the world but if it's going to create more awareness around why you feel the way you do and help you manage your month better in terms of exercise training but mental health like that is so important because you want to show up as your best self you don't want to have these symptoms impacting your life to make you not show up as your best self or not show up as the person you want to be. So I think like creating awareness and even in myself, like recently, like I'm trying to, you know, make sure that that's something that I do because if you don't take the time to become aware of how you're feeling or um, kind of your actions, then you're never going to be able to manage them and either improve or find strategies to make your life better. Absolutely. And it's that, it's that mind body connection, isn't it? So when you're feeling like dysregulated and you're looking to self-regulate, perhaps your self-regulation has come from eating or online shopping or over-exercising, actually just having a little bit of awareness. So I recommend either flow or natural cycles for two apps and just, just putting like looking at that, even on the day, just being like, Oh, okay. Just creating that pause and be like, and where am I in my cycle? I'm just looking. And then it's like, you may feel today bloated. You may feel today anxious depressed and then you tick those and that brings that mind body connection so then you understand more so then you can navigate out of that with better a more compassionate response instead of reacting to that and calling yourself the derogatory tones speaking to yourself like you wouldn't speak to your best friend and you wouldn't give the advice sometimes that we give ourselves around your menstrual cycle to your best friend because you're more compassionate so the more we can turn that that the inward out outward in so that we're treating ourselves like our best friends then the greater chance we've got at sustaining the behaviors that are associated with your goal long term Mm -hmm. so that you're not falling at the expense of yo-yo dieting and regaining weight instead actually you're managing your menstrual cycle and symptoms around your menstrual cycle with more awareness and with more understanding to then navigate forward because you will have that menstrual cycle up until like 45 to 55 is what they say around menopause so and women spend about a third of their life in the menopause stage but just having the awareness of like the importance of estrogen and training and protein intake if you've got that in your 30s and your 40s you're going to be swimming with the menopause well as best as you can yeah um 
I had a question while you were speaking and I completely forgot what I was going to ask you. But that's okay. No, I'm sure it'll come back to me and I will let you know once it does. I always do that. I'm always like, I've got this really good question. Normally I write it down. I was like, oh no, I'll remember it. <laughs> Freaking gone from the head. Um, So I guess in terms of like exercise and your period, like I was actually listening to a podcast this morning and, you know, all the research, everything out there says it's still safe to train on your period. Like there's no reason, un unless you obviously experience like severe pain that you literally can't go to the gym. But like, is there any point in trying to train around your cycle or is it more of like, you know, on the day yeah. you wake up, you see how you feel and then, then you kind of um, modify your session or potentially not even do your session based on the emotions oh that is what I was going to say sorry um also having the tracking app um I think being able to log in and it say you know symptoms that or how you're feeling it makes you feel kind of okay like sometimes I'll wake up and if I have a feeling or an emotion and I don't know why it frustrates me and I'm like well why am I feeling like this and then I'm like trying to think of like everything that it could possibly be so I think by having a tracking app you might feel anxious or whatever the symptom is and by logging in it might just give you a little bit of like I know reassurance that like you're okay you're just in this certain phase of your menstrual cycle and this is why you feel the way you do and then you kind of be a little bit less harsh on yourself absolutely is that isn't it so you're training you want to know about training around your menstrual cycle yeah there's no research on it yeah because shockingly we're all different and we all have different menstrual cycles um the only thing that you may notice is like i like i said the the changes in your performance and in your energy levels like around your follicular phase and your luteal phase and for some women like it may be their pms is heightened that much in their luteal phase that they're feeling really fatigued and potentially around that they're not going to want to go and go go and squat with a barbell so what can mm. you do leg press making simple swaps like that yeah. but if you are suffering with bloating, if you are suffering with um, lower abdominal area, exercise helps. Mm. But it's just navigating your exercise so that you can do it and you're not putting too much pressure on yourself to be like, go and squat 90 kilos every single week of your month. And actually instead, if your balance is a little bit shot because you're in your PMS um, and you're really low on energy, just loading up the leg press is likely going to be better for you. Yeah true i um i can definitely notice it myself like you know when i'm not it's i think it's normally about a week before well i don't know if this is normal or not but i think it's normally a week before my period um i just lack energy and then now that i'm becoming more aware of why i do when i go into the gym i'm less harsh on myself like if i'm not 100 feeling it or i don't have loads of energy like i'm not going to go and try and smash my body and then increase the tiredness and the fatigue even more um no because it's just that isn't it like what am I gaining out of this nothing yeah. like it doesn't <laughs> you you utilize that energy to go for a walk and do your training at the same time like do them both but just yeah. put less pressure on yourself yeah and I guess I mean different women experience from maybe different energy levels like throughout the menstrual cycle but I think it's just recognizing that um, you know if you are lacking in energy and like in the gym again becoming aware of where are you at in terms of the menstrual cycle and being able to track that and say well this this could be the reason why and again just taking a bit of pressure off yourself like so that because you I think a lot of women probably go in 
thinking they're going to bloody train their best and then they just can't they just can't like they don't have the energy and then they make themselves feel bad because last week they were doing you know 50 kg on the leg press and now they can barely do 30 so like it's just recognizing that there is going to be differences in energy throughout the month and that it's okay and that it's completely normal and it's just kind of I guess learning how to manage that or modify your your sessions and lean into like body image um, functionality as well so like what's your body doing for you at that time as opposed to how is your body looking or performing like actually what else is it doing it's allowing you to breathe it's allowing you to cuddle your children to go out and see your friends that is still your body is still doing that for you and remembering that your body is a vessel it's not who you are as a person and your menstrual cycle is not your identity but being able to navigate around that is really important yeah no I agree I agree um in terms of like nutrition and the menstrual cycle, like something I know I bloody struggle with is again, a week before, like suddenly I'll just be so hungry. Right. And then I'll be like craving everything. And then I'll realize shit, probably get my period next week. That's why. Cause I'm like, is that hell a- I'm so freaking hungry. It's just that change in the progesterone um, that I mentioned in that that's the appetite um, stimulant. So it just brings on a greater, greater appetite. And a lot of women say if you're in a fat loss phase and you have heightened PMS and you're struggling with it, what I do say is try and look at your calories over the course of the month. So mm-hmm. say you may notice in your follicular phase, the hunger is pretty low because um, estrogen is an appetite suppressant. So you may not be as hungry. So could you be in a slightly harsher deficit for two weeks of the month and then maybe a less of a deficit for the other two weeks if PMS is really high? And like honoring those cravings to an extent, but not leaning on them for like sugary dense foods is a really good way. Like looking at whole foods, looking at whole grains, enough protein, and then perhaps having a bit of chocolate. And if you're bringing your calories up by 100, 150 to allow that chocolate, then that's great because actually you're navigating the dichotomous thinking that you may be exposed to should you try and ex- like try and push through a really a, a big deficit yeah that's what I was gonna say like do you, like I guess it depends uh on people's goals and if like if people are doing calories or if they're not doing calories but I was like you know are we allowed to eat more when when we're on our period I'm You're always allowed to eat more in my opinion it's entirely yeah. up to you, but that's where autonomy comes in and really takes off in, but the more understanding you have, the more you can be like, oh, it's my period. So I'm going to have a banana and peanut butter. Mm, yes. Not just going for like that quick fix, high processed food. Like, yeah, you can have some, but making sure that that's not always the option you go for. Because ultimately, like you, we know when we eat, you know, healthy, nutritious foods, we feel good. Like you don't feel bad after eating a lovely chicken and rice and veggie dinner, don't you? You think, shit, pretty content feel quite full and glad I stayed on track order a KFC on the other hand and well you know I always I always have a little bit of guilt after I thoroughly enjoy it but after I'm like "Mm, I probably could opted for something a bit more nutritious so I guess just like trying to find that balance and having like you know having snacks or like foods in the house that are sweet so that you still get that sweet craving but maybe aren't a whole block of chocolate could be an option as well and it's that isn't it like allowing yourself the flexibility of having some chocolate of maybe having some kfc but looking around that making sure i'm hitting my protein hitting my vitamins and my nutrients because actually that's what's going to really benefit you the most Mm. i think like just throughout this whole conversation it's um it's just not a one size fits all which you know we we know that but trying to kind of get that message across to females can be a bit difficult it's 
like we've been talking about, it's really about understanding you and your body and then being able to apply strategies or, you know, tips or recommendations to what you're feeling at the time and, um, you know, the symptoms you're feeling. And I think also just bloody give yourself a bit of credit. You know, you're going through your period. All of us women are going through it so we can relate. But, like, don't be so harsh on yourself if you're training kind of maybe you think it takes a bit of a decline in what you're, you know, you're lifting, et cetera. Or, you know what, if you do slip up and you have a bit of chocolate and everything, just let it go, you know? Just maybe just understand, and, and understand why, like lean into that, like what happened, reflect on it. Were you trying to be too harsh with yourself? Were you trying to push through fatigue, exhaustion? What was your body asking you for in that moment? It was probably asking for some compassion and some kindness, because mm-hmm. then you can navigate the next month if you do eat chocolate with more more awareness as to why you did it. And then that, that becomes more it's more autonomous with your actions as is and it's a response instead of that reaction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing I'm definitely going to do after I get off this podcast is download the flow up because yeah. I it's something that I, I I definitely feel like I need to do um again just to create more awareness. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Getting a bit of reassurance why I feel the way I do sometimes. We all need a bit of reassurance, don't we? We do. <laughs> um yeah, is there any any other things? I think we covered pretty much everything. Exercise, yeah. nutrition, and hopefully someone can uh, take a bit of information from this and then apply it to themselves and see how they get on absolutely you have a wonderful day and thank you so much for chatting thanks Beck. i'll talk to you soon see you soon bye